a Highline podcast. No normal people. Hello, my friends, and welcome to No Normal People. I'm your host, Stephen Henning, and this is a podcast where, with my co-host, partner, and spouse, Dixie Lee Henning, we prove that the more you get to know the normal people in your life, you discover that there really are no normal people in your life. I'm giving you just a quick intro today before our delightful interview with our new friend, John G. But before I throw you to that interview, let me remind you that the No Normal People Coffee Blend is still available for 10% off and also a permanently reduced price if you go over to the Highline.network shop and use the code KNP10SUMMER, KNP10SUMMER. And while you're there, poke around the website. Go visit some other shows like Ravel Whiskey Bench or Into. We have new shows coming to the Highline Network this autumn, so keep your eyes open for that, my friends. And may you find in yourself the strength and resolve to withstand the heat and the smoke we are getting. If you are in Billings, Montana like me, you know that the wildfires are pretty oppressive this year. But stay healthy, breathe clean air, and look forward to a cool autumn and a cold winter if you look forward to that kind of thing. I know I do, and I know Dixie Lee does as well. So. Okay, without further ado, let us get to our interview with John G. John G. works as a consultant with many a church organization now and is here at the advent of his second career after retiring a little over two decades of a career in the Navy as a submarine sailor and a missile technician. John tells us many, many good stories about where he grew up and the boys' home he did in San Antonio, Texas. He also tells us about how he met his wife, the serendipitous moment that he met Jamie, and then their great, of course, the great sailor coming home engagement story with a twist, though. Like I said, John works as a church consultant now, in addition to doing many, many interesting things on the internet. Between his YouTube and Facebook live show called Bishop Brothers and his very own podcast called Thoughts of a Modern Celtic Wanderer. John was such a delight for me and Dixie to talk to, considering our interest in Celtic Christianity, Celtic imagery. Honestly, we've gone deep down the rabbit hole of the Celtic mythologies, you name it. If it's Celtic, if it's Irish, and Dixie and I just feel at home there in those stories, in those beautiful, in the beautiful way they tell stories. And the beautiful way that they express Christianity. So with that, let me introduce you to our friend John G. We learn a lot, we laugh a lot, and I know you will too. All right, we will get started with rapid fire questions. These are going to be either or, just straight from the gut, no need to overthink it. Are you ready, John? Let's, Let's hit it. 
Sweet or savory? Savory. Oceans or lakes? Oceans. Sea or space? Sea. Are you task-oriented or people-oriented? People-oriented. City or country? City. Homebody or free spirit? Homebody. Spender or saver? Ooh, spender. Big time. Do you call it soda or pop? I call it Coke. Yeah. There it is. That's the right answer. Books or movies? Books. Books. Definitely books. Introvert or extrovert? Introverted extrovert. That's good. Well, that's the end of the rapid fire. Literally, that's the most stressful part about this podcast. So next we'll do some icebreaker (laughs) questions. These are definitely not from the gut and they're not either or. It's just fun get to know you questions here. So we'll start with what is your favorite morning drink? Ooh, coffee. Gotta be. Do you prepare it any special way or any coffee is good coffee? eh, Let's not muddy the water here. Um, (laughs) Not all coffee is good coffee. So I was in the Navy for 21 years and I'll tell you that there is bad coffee. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Military grade. <laughs> exactly. And I've been around bad tasting coffee so long. MRE I can't do coffee. it without. Exactly. <laughs> Meal ready to not eat. <laughs> Just add water and a little bit of sadness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The sadness <laughs> is already there. What? <laughs> what? That's <laughs> Fair Facts. enough. So how do you prepare oh, yes. it today to make sure it's, it's definitely not that? Oh. So I like sugar and cream. My wife has said that just because I retired from the Navy, that doesn't mean I can just get fat. So <laughs> she makes me do stevia. I don't even know what that is. And almond creamer. I don't even know where I am right now. I mean, I'm supposed to be in Texas, right? Like, <laughs> it ain't supposed to be like this. Right. It's okay. We'll pray for Getting you. Getting in on almonds and plant-based sugars. Oh, thank you. Sweeteners, right? Yeah, y'all going to have to pray for me. Bummer. <laughs> Do you like being surprised? Ooh, um, I think it depends. Like, I don't like surprise parties. Not a huge fan of fireworks, <laughs> but I do this thing where I find like a like a I think I found a new theological like stance in the Bible, mm. and I'll run downstairs and go tell my wife like, "Hey, babe, check this out." And she gives me this look like I'm a fourth grader, and she kind of pats me <laughs> on the head. And she's like, "That's great, honey. Now go back into your office." I don't. <laughs> That's cute. Go write it down. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're yeah. describing our household a little bit yeah, when I read exactly. a book. I know. So I'm like, Dixie, this is so That's exciting. Right. And she's like, yeah, that sounds neat. Cool. You could have written it down. <laughs> like, why'd you yeah. tell me? <laughs> Tweet about it and I'll read about it later. <laughs> One time she said, you know, honey, nothing says it like an email. You could just email yes. me it. Wow. Like, Text me. I mean, I'm busy. <laughs> wow. You know, you I, t- I tell her all the time, man, you, you're going to talk to me like that three or 4,000 more times and that's it. Okay. <laughs> Three or four thousand. Only. Yeah. Only. All right. Um, yeah. what is the best live concert you've ever been to? Ooh, man. Um, it's probably a tie. And don't get judgy. It's between DMX and George Strait. <laughs> that is not what I thought you were gonna DMX say. DMX and George Strait. That I is, love that tie. Oh, those are different things. <laughs> <laughs> they are. And I love them both. That's a great tie. Absolutely no judgment. Your extroverted introvert is showing. Ooh. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Ooh. Well played. All right. Hey, you um, got a camera in here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Have you ever feared for your life? I have. Absolutely. Ooh. Do you mind telling a story? So I was a submarine sailor for most of my career. 
Wow. Um, we had an incident underway where four or five minutes of the wrong thing would have been the end. Uh, but we have, you know, excellently trained people and that didn't mean I wasn't scared. So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. yeah, of course. Yeah, absolutely. That is fair. Wow. Well, wow. thank wild. you for your service, sir. Hey, your tax dollars at work. <laughs> thank and, you. And he uses the, those tax dollars to listen to DMX. No. So. <laughs> yeah, don't. Hey, we just talked about this. Don't I, get judgy. I mean, I'm right. fine. It's right. fine. Okay. <laughs> All right. What are foods you will never eat? Coleslaw. Coleslaw. Nope. Yeah. Wow, in Texas? <laughs> yeah. That, so he, you must get looks. I know, right? That's what people <laughs> look at me weird um, when I say potatoes. I'm sure it's the same look. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking at you weird through the microphone. She I don't, feel, yeah. mean? I, I'm used to it. I'm used to it now. Okay. So. All right. Well, yeah. <laughs> coleslaw. Fair yeah, no, when, I was a, when I was a little kid, yeah, when I was a little kid with the coleslaw, I, I grew up in a children's home. And so they, you know, they feed you dinner mm-hmm. and you're required to clean your plate. Well, I was full. It's not that I didn't want the coleslaw. I was just full. And they're like, we gotta, you got to clean your plate. And I was mm. like, well, there's no room. And they're like, well, you're going to have it for breakfast tomorrow. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm going to clean my right? plate oh. into the trash can. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, uh, they button hooked me. They took my plate. Oh. And guess what was waiting for me in the morning oh. at the Man. breakfast table? They oh. at least put yeah. it in the fridge, right? Oh, I hope so. I didn't touch it. <laughs> I'm not touching that. <laughs> you just have the uh, same coleslaw wow. on your pa- plate for oh. every meal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah for for two meals and then finally they gave up and i don't know i think i got room restriction or something but wow no more coleslaw yeah no that makes sense that makes sense <laughs> what is the worst fashion trend you've ever participated in oh lord uh okay um you can judge this one this pretty bad um, yeah y'all remember jinkos right <laughs> Well, she does. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. You don't even have to say anything else. I know. With the, with the jinkos. See, that's... No, it gets worse. It's so much worse. It gets worse. Okay. It gets so much worse. So oh, man. I had this pair of jinkos. You know, uh, basically you could fit an aircraft carrier inside the, you know, the, the yeah. bells of these things. And they were blue on one leg no. and red on the other. No, they weren't. <laughs> Whoa. They were. It was no, so bad. That's not yeah, real. It was, <laughs> no, it's real. It's so real. I bet Whoa. you wore them all the time, too. Oh, man. oh yeah. I thought, man, I Every thought I was the day. coolest. That's yeah. so cool. Like a walking police car. It was <laughs> Absolutely. That's some good stuff right there. I'm going to um, pull you over for it looking right at the so time. cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> What is your biggest pet peeve? Ooh, so it drives me crazy when people say, however, comma. Oh, it's kind of like, oh, but. Like when they say it out loud? Yeah, they say it. They go, oh, they however, s- comma. What? No, you don't. That's not how you say I, words. I don't say, yeah, I don't say, can you get the Bible for me, Peter, period. That's dumb. Yeah. Exclamation <laughs> point. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I totally get that. That's it's a like good one. saying hashtag. Mm. Uh, yeah. That, that's about that number two or good. three. It's getting there. Who would you call your best friend? Ooh, best friend ever. Uh, that, that'd be my friend. That'd be my friend, Brian. We grew up in the children's home together. We were, mm. uh, I think we, we were both there from when we were eight until we graduated. Wow. So wow. yeah, 
Shout out Brian. Absolutely. Classic Brian. Yeah, awesome dude. That's great. Classic, right? Do you have a favorite failure? Maybe something that set you up, like that taught you a lesson or set you up for a future success? Ooh. Uh, oh, so here's, yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll use this one. So when the first time I went up for ordination uh, with the Christian and Missionary Alliance, mm. I, man, I thought I was ready. I was going to go in there and crush it. Like, you know, I'm an A type. I don't fail at things. <laughs> About five questions in, I knew it was over. They were being very polite uh-huh. uh, and finished the interview, but I could already, Class. I could already tell. Yeah, yep. it ended horribly wrong, but they were so nice about it. <laughs> they were so <laughs> nice and telling me I was terrible. Uh, they were, they were real nice about it. They gave me a hug, and the, the lady that was on the board, she said, "You know, it's we're not doubting that." You're supposed to be a pastor, but you need to do some work. Yeah. Wow. And I was so, man, I was so mad when she said that. Wow. <laughs> I was mad. But you know what? It worked out. Upon, yeah, upon restudying, like I learned a whole bunch of other stuff. I ended up going back to seminary, get my MDiv. Um, I killed it the second time. And it set me up for a lot of really great things to happen after the Navy uh, in ministry work and in some of the work I do now. So it was a good failure. Wow. That's good. That's great. I love that story. That's why I love asking that question. Makes some makes for some good stories. We learn a lot about people. Which is why I can't answer yeah. that question because it's like today, what did I call Favorite it? failure today. Like Yeah. There's so many things. <laughs> what went wrong today? Yeah. But why? Right. All right. Last one on the icebreakers here. When you were little, what did you tell people that you wanted to be when you grew up? Oh, I told people I was going to be a historian, which, you know, lots of dates with the ladies on that one. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. Banging down the door. Yeah. My dance card was full. Um, oh, I'm sure it was. I, <laughs> yeah. We're not going to talk about Please, it. Please so, yeah, tell me more thing. about Henry Eighth. <laughs> yes. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. You picked Henry VIII. Yeah. That's okay, though. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to. All right. Um, no, I, I've always been fascinated with history. Um, ever since I was a little kid, like I remember being, a, I don't know, maybe a six or seven year old, mm. everybody was dressing up like Bart Simpson. Cause that was the thing yep. at the time. And I went as a union soldier. So clearly, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little, nobody got the, yeah. A different type there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's very good. Well, there's the end of the fire. Uh, what am I, fire. Why do I keep saying? The rapid <laughs> the fire. End of the fire. The fire is over. <laughs> there's the end of the rapid fire and the icebreaker questions. John G., thank you so much for being on No Normal People today. We are so excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> Love it. Let us start at the beginning. Usually I ask the question, um, like, will you tell me about where you grew up and what your family was like growing up? You've already t- hinted at being in a children's home for quite a bit of that. So let's just talk childhood. I want to hear some of your young history. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I was born in the early eighties. I'm a elder millennial. So, <laughs> you know, you gotta, gotta respect that. Nice. Uh, I'm, respect a, I'm, your a, elders. Uh, I'm yeah, a baby so millennial. So that's, that's oh, see, well, at least you're a millennial. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm like, Steven. You know, no one's perfect. Friggin' Gen oh, really? Z or whatever Sorry. the heck you are. I'm, I'm the worst type of like, <laughs> Millennial to Gen Z cusper. I was born in 1995, so I really don't okay. feel like I belong in either one. It's very weird. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I could see that. 
yeah. Yeah. So I was, you know, straight up millennial. Um, no way around that. Yeah. No escape. Uh, I actually, um, so I, w- I was born in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, my parents were from Northern Ireland. Mm. Yeah, they were immigrants here. Wow. Uh, not not the best parents. I think they I think they did the best they could with you know what they had. Right. Um, but you know we were never abused or anything like that. You know, just money was tight, and you know it was just the way it was. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, and you know it all came to a head in the early '90s. I mean. If you remember the econ- I don't remember the economy at the time, but looking back, it was not a good time. Mm. And so, you know, my what ended up happening is so my parents separated, and we were living with my dad in his um, his truck. He was a long haul truck driver. Oh wow! Whoa! And so yeah, so me and my brother spent the summer of '91 basically going between San Antonio and L.A. I learned how to read a map. That's so. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. You, know, I'm, I'm, you did. I was very well versed in maps. Yep. <laughs> so, you know. Blessing in disguise. But, you know, as the school year approached, they knew, you know, my, my father, my grandmother, we all knew, you know, this isn't going to work. They have to go to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we were, we were really fortunate. We found this place called Boysville, which still exists today. Mm. Awesome place. Uh, they took us, no questions asked, never asked my parents to contribute any money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I lived there for 10 years and they got me through school. They got me, you know. I went on vacations. When people find, oh, you're in a children's home, I'm like, well, let me <laughs> pump the brakes. Let me tell you what it <laughs> was up. really like before <laughs> you're like, oh, you know, it's not a Sarah McLaughlin commercial. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's I not bad. You. <laughs> yeah. See? You throw them Jinko pants on you. and we're back in the 90s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, it wasn't that it wasn't terrible. I mean, I went to Disney World twice. I went to Yellowstone. Mm. Uh, we had a basketball team that played all over the country. Went to high school like a normal kid. Um, and then the next thing people usually say is like, "Wow, you! I would never have known you were in a children's home." And I said, "Well, that's kind of the point, <laughs> and how great this place is, right? Right. Like right. It, it takes young men and young women who, you know, for whatever reason outside of their control, are in a position." Mm. And they make them into responsible adults. And I'm still heavily involved with them to this day. Love giving my time out there. Uh, so, yeah, Boysville is amazing. That's awesome. Wow, that's great. Did you have siblings? I do. I have a brother. Who also ended up at Boysville with you? Yeah, and actually, so he was four when we got there. And their rule was they didn't take anybody under six. They actually oh, wow. broke the rule so we could stay together. Oh, thank wow. God. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So you had one younger brother in the home, but I imagine Brian probably being a perfect example is like your almost like chosen family grew by quite a bit in your time in the home, correct? Oh, very much, very much. To this day, uh, you know, I always always joke with people. It's a joke, but it's not a joke. Mm. I I have hundreds of brothers and sisters, Mm. um, people that I grew up with. When I was there, there were about 115 kids there in 12 cottages. Wow. So, you know, there were a lot. It was like a community. Uh, The schools were always... always nervous that we always traveled in groups like a big gang mm-hmm. uh always telling the boys with kids were coming <laughs> yep they're like oh man <laughs> here to come Hi, wow so, yeah. Hi, wait no, no. yep absolutely it's not, <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite right but wow i don't know why it. your wife's at, at elementary school but okay she's, the, she's the great. teacher oh got it okay all right that makes sense wow Wow, that's so good. So uh, let's talk about this high school age. You were going to high school like a normal kid. What kind of things were you getting up to in high school? Like extracurriculars, anything like that you want to talk about? Yeah, so I did. So I was a football player, you know, here in South Texas. That's 
that's the thing. Yep. Uh, yeah. You know, so I played football down here. Uh, there's a funny thing I used to always do with my sailors on the boat was, you know, you try to get a, get to know people a little better. And I'd always tell them, I will give you $100 if you can tell me the two things I lettered in in high school. <laughs> oh. Oh, boy. <laughs> now, I'm not going to give you $100, but I'll let you guess. Was it drama and football? Nope. Dang it. Mm. Football's one of them. Yeah, football. I don't know yep. the other one. Eating clo- coleslaw? Was I- that the- <laughs> Can you letter in that? <laughs> if you could, I would not have that letter. Coleslaw eating competition. They replaced the hot dogs that year. It was gross. weird. Oh, gross. That is disgusting. Oh, nope. Nasty. I don't like that. <laughs> Why? I'm forgetting what even things you can letter in. Athletics? Uh, A- academics? Academics? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you can? Yeah. I got, I got one for band, I think. Oh. Oh, I, I did not. I can't I play think... an instrument. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> you want me to tell you? I got one sure. letter. <laughs> yeah, we got the football. All right. Again, no, no judgment. Um, mm. Show choir. <laughs> yes. I was real close. Show choir. <laughs> I was real close. You with were. Drama. I thought you had me. <laughs> that was good. I was like, it has to yep. be a complete opposite to football. That's cool. <laughs> show choir is great. What section did you sing in? Soprano. I was a tenor two. Soprano? What are you talking about? Soprano one. <laughs> tenor two. Absolutely. I love tenor this. Two, yep. Yes. I was an alto two, which is almost a tenor two. Right on. So it is. Yeah. If you were an alto <laughs> two, you were close. <laughs> so did you yeah, ever get basically. the stereotypical like the side glances from the choir kids about being in football or the side glances from the football kids for being in choir? So yes. Um it, it came a lot more from the Choir kids. I, we are pretty judgy. Yeah. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit. A little bit. So pretentious. Yeah, I know, right? I bet when you drink your tea, the pinky's up in it. Don't oh, it me. is. So, Not even, like, <laughs> don't even think about it anymore. It just happens. Right. Oh, wow. Of course okay. it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but I definitely got more of that from, uh, but I'll tell you this. A lot of the football players always wanted to go with me. Like, they would make fun of me in the locker room. But then they would want to go hang out with me when I went and did my choir stuff because all the girls. Yeah. So oh, right. Got some yeah. pretty girls yeah. seeing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, it was it was a give and take. It's the and, only reason why I joined the choir. Know, kind of a swoon magnet yeah. right there. For all the right? girls. That's right. That's all the so, girls. That's right. <laughs> That's so good. So you graduate, you letter with show choir and football. Do you go to college after high school? Uh, no, I actually did cell phone tower construction right after I got out of high school. Right on. And that taught me I need to go to college because I don't ever want to dig ditches in Texas again. Yeah. Yeah, um, I would believe ever. it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that tracks. So, That's fair. That that does track. So, so I got into uh, a college down in San Antonio and I did not do well there in my first semester. So... Uh, the end of my first semester, what I learned about this school is that this school will not tell you that you're kicked out. They will tell whoever is paying the bill that you've been kicked oh, out. Oh, no. Oof. Yeah. Oof, oof, oof. Okay. So, I mean, I wasn't going to class. Like, I knew I was going to get kicked out. So <laughs> it was <I> to- clear. <laughs> yeah. It was very clear. Decisions Apparently, you have to go to school. Yeah. You got to show up in order to get a grade. So um, weird. So, I went to... Yeah, it's crazy. So... I go to my grandma's house knowing I'm kicked out of college, right? I show up at my grandma's door and I'm like, hey, Gran, um, do you think I could stay with you? And she's like, well, why? 
<laughs> I was like, I don't know. I think I'm going to give college a rest. And she's like, well, it, from this report I got, it seems like you've been giving it a rest for about three months. <laughs> I was Ooh, like, get him, yeah, grandma. Right. <laughs> Ouch. She it's got like, the zag on you. Yeah, she did. She <laughs> Yeah, she put the mustard on it. Like she didn't even open the screen door. Right? And, it's like, what are you doing here? That is cold. exactly. That's cold. I'm not gonna feed you today. <laughs> exactly. You ain't getting no coleslaw. Like none. So, so I was like, well, can I can I stay the night? And she's like, absolutely not. And I'm like, oh, what do I do? And she she looked at me and she said, well, I hear the Navy's hiring, and shut the door in my face. Oh, get him, Grandma. <laughs> and uh, that was October of 2000, and uh, October 18th of 2000, I swore into the United States Navy. So, yep. <laughs> wow, yeah. Grandma knows what's up. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't playing. <laughs> wow, and of course, this turns into a journey. Absolutely, from it enlisted does. to oh my gosh. Okay, to just start at the beginning. I want to hear about your career, the stuff that you sure. can talk about. Yeah, because um, you mentioned subs already, and that is fascinating to me. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things that like is really cool the first time you do it, um, <laughs> but after you've been underwater for like nine years, it gets really old. But it's a great it's job. It's a great job. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I joined. I joined the Navy in October of two thousand, and I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. You know, so the recruiter was like, "Well, there's this job that if you if you take this job, they'll give you five thousand dollars." I was like, "Well, you know, five thousand dollars to a nineteen year old without." <laughs> college dropout with no job sounds amazing and that and whose grandma won't let him sleep the night right i need i need hotel money I need you know bed. <laughs> right so, i need to at least uh, buy now, a tent yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be Jeez. fair to my grandmother when i came home with enlistment papers she let me stay there till that's I left. good so oh, that's wonderful you know, i mean i did Thanks, not grandma. sleep in the street she was looking for that uh, yeah. like personal responsibility right exactly yeah she was yeah so i, I joined october 2000 when I first joined, it was just really for college money. I was like, you know, I'm gonna do six. I'm gonna get my college money. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go back to college, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna finish college. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then September 11th happened, and mm. yeah. it it really altered how I viewed my career or what I was doing in the Navy. Mm. It was kind of then that I kind of was like, you know, I, I'm staying in longer than six years. I, I think right. I think I'm gonna make this a career. And so I, and so I did. Reenlisted, reported to my first ship in 2003. Uh, I've served on yeah four submarines: the wow. Henry M. Jackson, the Georgia, the Louisiana, and the Nevada. Wow. Yep. So I've spent, uh, like I said, about nine years of my life underwater. Mm -hmm. That is my nightmare. Um, that is my literal nightmare. That is a lot. <laughs> yeah, but we got we got pizza and steak and no lobster. Coleslaw. You know where the you know where the no not a bit not even a little bit. So we're actually the best fed sailors in the Navy. I don't know if mm. you knew that. Wow. But it's all we got because we ain't got no sunlight. We ain't got no where That's to go. Right. So, yeah. you know, the only we thing we can keep them happy. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely. Right. Oh, yeah. Sun. <laughs> I imagine it's not a job built for people with claustrophobia either. No. Um, strangely enough, though, the the testing and what it takes to actually get to the boat. I never saw somebody lose it underway. You know what I mean? Mm. Like all of a sudden freak out like I can't do this. Right. Because they, they kind of take care of that kind of in the in the workups to get right yeah they'll filter the you out by the time you're on deployment they do gotcha yeah i'm not claustrophobic i love enclosed like being encased like a cocoon i like that um my mm -hmm. wife thinks i'm crazy yeah she's probably not wrong That's accurate. Uh, yeah i think yeah, dixie and i agree. both think you're a little crazy for that one but <laughs> <It's> okay <laughs> to each their own i suppose 
That's right. Yeah. So <laughs> I was a missile technician in, in the Navy. Wow. I worked on, Very cool. you know, the three stage rockets. I actually worked at NASA, did work in, uh, in that area in Cocoa Beach. Uh, it, it was a great career. Uh, I just retired in May. Wow. What, it was a great ride. It, yeah. And, Very you cool. know, never complain about it. It was, it was a privilege to serve, but also it, it did a lot for me. Uh, it took me from that kid that couldn't even get grandma to give me a, a hot meal <laughs> mm. uh, to a very self-sufficient person with kids of my own. And it's, it's been a good life. That's wow. very cool. That is, that is impressive. Well, congratulations on retirement just recently. Thank you. Yeah. I'm you, glad people like you exist because if everybody was like me, there would be no submarines. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. I'm, no, thanks. I'm glad too. I, <laughs> I guess. Okay. Right. <laughs> Thank I th- you. I think he's supposed to take that as a compliment. <laughs> Thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's no, great. That's not a joke. I'm I'm that that was legitimate. <laughs> will you will you tell me more about the work with NASA and the three stage rockets? Were these rockets like were you working on ICBM stuff? Yes. Are you allowed yeah. to say? <laughs> I don't know. Um well I'll, I can tell you a little bit. Um I, I can tell you what you can Google. Right. Um, Perfect. Yeah, I worked on I worked on what's called the uh, Trident two D five uh, missile. What? Uh, my job throughout my entire career was to maintain it. Um, and then I worked at it. I was in charge of a depot where we uh, took them off and on the submarines. Uh, you're basically moving a three story house. Wow. Out of a submarine and into a, onto a truck. So fascinating. Yeah. Steven, Steven's face, just like he just, I'm so just like shell shocked. He's well, like, what? I'm like, <laughs> As much as I joke about being claustrophobic, I'm very much a sucker for like a naval museum. My dad and I can spend hours inside decommissioned ships. Can confirm. We've visited many aircraft carriers, been in a couple (laughs) subs, but they're like museums now, right? Plexiglass and like trinkets set up in offices and whatever, but... Mm -hmm. Can um, confirm he will. Man, he does do. He does spend hours. This is very <laughs> exciting, especially with the crossover with NASA. So that that was what that work was was working yeah. with NASA on these Trident two rockets. Yeah. So the the main part of going and working at NASA. So you have NASA, and then there's you know other places where we would do our work. Mm-hmm. Uh, same base. Um, beautiful, stunning place, by the way. Just amazing. Mm. Um, and then be able to watch rockets take off. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the coolest thing ever, which we got to do while we were down there. But uh, a lot of the stuff we did with NASA was mainly kind of the paperwork side of procedures and going through them. We'd be the technical experts because, you know, we're the ones, you know, on the street doing it. And these were the mm-hmm. writers. Mm-hmm. And we would meet with them and have these, uh, you know, little jam sessions where we would tell them, hey, engineer, clearly you don't know what it's like be a human being over here that we can't do it like this wow and they go oh okay and then we would fix it together and yeah i got to work with a lot of really really cool people yeah i can imagine my goodness Mm -hmm. all right so retirement comes just recently would you tell me about where and how you met your wife did you meet her while you were in the navy i did uh i met her uh, actually, it's, <laughs> it's a great story, and I got permission to tell it, so we're good. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I'm so, excited. Love it. <laughs> so as a, as a young sailor, uh, we don't make a lot. I think I was making, I don't know, 25000 28000 a year uh, to start. And so I decided to take on a second job. And one of the jobs I had when I was in Texas is I would bounce at bars, mm-hmm. right? So I was like, well, you know, let's. Let's pivot on that and make some money. So I got a job as a bouncer. It's like my fourth day of work. 
um, there's this lady that comes in and I can tell she's underage, right? Like, I, you know, you can just tell. <laughs> and so I walk up to her and I'm like, ma'am, can I see your ID? And she's like, you don't need to see my ID. And I'm like, well, I kind of do. Uh, it is my job. job. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, she gave me a, a proposition and I'm like, lady, you're drunk. Like, come here. So we escort her out of the bar, right? Well, in my mind, I'm like, you know, you cannot, I mean, this, this woman's under 21. It's dark outside. We can't just leave her in the parking lot. Uh, that's, that's not smart. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go out there with her. I said, do you have your cell phone? She's like, yes. I was like, who can I call uh, to come get you? Because I don't want you driving. Uh, she's like, well, you can call uh, Jamie on the thing. I'm like, okay, we'll find it. Boop. Ring, ring. And this really hot voice answers the phone. I'm like, <laughs> hello. I see where this she's is going. Like, yep. Yeah. See, I know where you thought it was going, but now. <laughs> There's the twist. Here's the twi- plot twist. So <laughs> surprise. So uh, I'm like, you know, I'm here with. I'm, I'm not gonna say her name. Um, I'm here with, you know. She knows who Sandy. she is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm here with your friend. That's right. I'm here with your friend, and she's no she's in no position to drive. Do you think you can come pick her up? Mm. She's like, sure. I'll be I'll be there in 20 minutes. So I'm like, okay. So I'm outside waiting. Uh, did some you know some hair holding you know like a gentleman <laughs> does at a bar. Right. Uh, Classic. And so, you know, finally this this lady pulls up and oh my god, uh, she gets out of the car and I'm just like wow, and I'm like here's your friend blah 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 and then uh, and my wife will never let me live this down to this day she still brings it up. Um, I go hey, um, do you think it would be okay if I asked you out? And she looked at me and she was like. Did you just ask me to ask me out? <laughs> did you just ask permission to ask me out? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I think I did. She's like, okay, um, sure, and and that's how it started. Uh, that's wow, <laughs> friend puking that's in the background. It, the bravery, John. I admire that so much. Yeah, the 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 dry heaving in the back did yeah. kind of put a sour on it, but that's fair. You know, these things happen. Decisions were made, you know? Wow. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Classic and, uh, Jamie's be, friend. Yep. Classic. Thanks, Jamie's friend. You're the best. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we, we started dating and then I got deployed overseas. Mm. And, you know, I was like, well, you know, we'd only been together a couple months. And I was like, well, we'll see how this goes. If she If she can handle this, she can handle any deployment I ever do. Uh, she handled it like a champ, and mm. I remember being on the phone overseas asking her dad's permission. Uh, and when when I got home, I did. I went for it in the airport in uni- in in my dirty sandy whoa uniform. Yes, uh, went sir. for That's it. That's awesome. And you know what she said? <laughs> I'll think about it. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I, that that would have been okay too. Here, here's what happened. I get on one knee. The whole like it is like. A Hallmark movie. Yep. Okay. People are like, oh, like you, all the people are like standing up and clapping. <laughs> and this is what I wanted. I wanted Recording this to be memorable, right? Phones. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get, honey, get the camcorder. Hey, get the camcorder. <laughs> Just so, erase that tape. It's fine. Wow. <laughs> That's right. We don't need that piece here. So I go, I get on one knee, I get the I get the ring out, and I'm like, Jamie, will you marry me? And she goes, What? <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is how it ends. This is how it ends. 
Yep. Oh, it was a fun ride. It was a good ride. It was a good ride. It, she didn't hear me. That's what she says. She didn't hear me. So I repeated myself as she said, I'm like, how'd you not hear me? I'm on a knee. It's There's a ring clear. in your face. <laughs> What'd you think I said? Want to get burgers? I, come on. Uh, oh, that's funny. But yeah, she said yes. And thank God. here wow. we are 15 years later. Thank God. <laughs> 15 years later, bunch of bunch of awesome kids running around. It's great. Wow. Very wow. Cool. Fantastic. I love that. So 15 years later, some kiddos running around. Do you mind telling me about a little bit about your family? No, I have, I have a great family. Uh, so I was uh, previously married. So I have two children from my previous marriage. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, me, me and their mom get along great. Uh, I'm actually very fortunate. I see a lot of kind of what goes on with blended families. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've had none of those problems. Nice. Um, it, it's been really great, really blessed. Wow. Uh, so I have my older two. My oldest is 20. My youngest is two. Wow. So pray for me. That's a spread uh, right there. That's a that is a difference. spread. I got to figure out how that keeps happening because <laughs> it just one I don't day know. somebody will somebody will tell you, right? I hope so. <laughs> I'm really, you know, I'm I'm praying. <laughs> praying for a miracle. So Wow. Uh, yeah, so I have five kids. Wow. Uh, three boys, two girls. Wow. Fantastic. Awesome. Look at this life. This is so good. I want to hear about the ordination process next and where does this land? in the navy was it like just recently or did it happen somewhere in the middle it happened somewhere in the middle it was uh kind of in tandem like i knew i knew when i got out i wanted to do church work i didn't know what that looked like like i thought it meant you know i was going to go pastor a church for 30 years Mm. and you know i'll be honest with you pastoring a church made me realize that i don't want to pastor a church yeah (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, hats off to people who do it, yeah. especially sustained for 30 years. Oh yeah. uh, man, no. <laughs> but I, I had a, and I, and I, I had it really nice. Like I had a, I had a five year stint where I was a pastor, you know, when I wasn't at sea, I was the associate pastor. And then mm-hmm. I went to shore duty and the pastor retired and I became the pastor for the last two years. And you know, the people were great. It's not like this church was terrible to me. They're actually very kind to me. They always took real good care of me, but just, oh man. I couldn't do it anymore. The the hmm. sound booth people. <laughs> the sound. Oh, I'm one of my those. god. Oh, the sound booth. I get it. I, I swear to you, church almost ground to a halt because we couldn't figure out the sound booth. And I was like, you know <laughs> oh, what? I can't. No. That's it. No more sound booths. We're done. I had to take the key away. Like <laughs> <laughs> I had to take the key away. You just plug it in like and turn it, it on. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, people. Wow. I know it's much more difficult than that, yeah. but right. now, especially now doing the podcasting and that, man, it, there's <laughs> yeah. a lot. We yeah. Get, you get, get the it. pain a little bit at this point. Yes. It, uh, it's enough. It's yeah. enough pain, but yeah. So I ordained in 2014, um, with Christian and missionary Alliance, really great group, really focused on, um, you know, helping communities outside of our country, you know, in Africa and, and the near East mm. and mm. which, which I think is great. So I started with them, I uh, was an associate pastor for about, about four years. And then right before I retired from the Navy, I was kind of doing both. I was the lead pastor and then uh, in the Navy. So I'd work in the Navy from like five to 2 PM. And then I would go to the church and work from two to 10. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was, it was a lot. Yeah. That's yeah. That is a lot. I worked for a church part-time and I thought I was going to (laughs) die. Yeah. Sometimes that's enough. You know, (laughs) I was working 16 hours a week. And that was too much. Well, on paper, oh, yeah. it was sixteen. I mean, yeah, it no, was, was way more than sixteen. Yeah, we yeah see, and that's how they get you. We all so know. I was, 
I was contracted for like, exactly. (laughs) Well, I was contracted for 20 hours a week. Right. And they were paying me a salary for 20 hours a week, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I was probably spending 40, 50 a week. I mean, way more time because you can't do it in 20 hours a week. No. So yeah, so I got ordained and it never ends. Never stops. It just doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't stop from day one to the day I stepped out. (laughs) It was, it was crazy. And it's still going. <laughs> it's still going. It's just I'm not on the wheel anymore. Yep. So. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the new pastor emailed me. He's like, "Hey, I just took over. I'd like to get meet with you." And I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, we'll good meet." Good luck. I mean, I'll be praying for you. I mean, uh, I'm for you. exactly. Y- y- good. Good work. <laughs> yeah. Usually, the I'm praying for you. That's like Christian for like suck it, nerd. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's like the oh oh sweetheart. That's. What that oh, is. Oh, honey. That's yeah. what you say down here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Oh, dear. Mm-hmm. That's just. Mm. There's all sorts, exactly. of, all sorts of subcultures yeah. and event diagram here. Exactly. Right? That's yeah. precious. He's learning what Coke is. Yeah. See, down in Texas, when someone asks you for a Coke, or they, they say, what do you want to drink? You say Coke, and then yes. they say, what kind? And then you say Coca-Cola, Dr. Pepper, that's, Pepsi, Sprite. I tried to explain this to Steven. Like, that's how my grandma used to ask for a Coke. And she'd be right. like, I want the green one. It's like, oh, yeah. okay, you want a Sprite? Like, sure. I, like, I know, like, ah, uh, sorry, <laughs> Montanans. I can, They're I can like, wrap my Ugh. head around the concept, like, mm-hmm. intellectually, but I don't know. It's I'd, just, it's just not going to happen, yeah. is it? No. Yeah. Okay. I know. I, I think Coke All is right. too, like, attached to the actual, like, brand and the specific, like, their flagship drink, you know? Mm-hmm. Sure. Sure. I hear Coke and think Coca-Cola. Yeah. I I hear you, but you're wrong. (laughs) I hear you. You're entitled to your wrong opinion. Listen, we ask every guest whether they call it soda or pop, because for some reason I'm fascinated with those kind of local dialects. So yeah, (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I can handle, I can handle calling it Coke. It's just, I don't, I call it soda (laughs) and then I call it by the, no one's perfect. Yeah. That's your fault. That's your only fault. You're doing well, bro. Wow. I feel right now. I feel attacked. So let's get it back we'll to ordained <laughs> yeah. in 2014 and moving yeah. on from there. Yep. So I, I did my pastoral uh, tour, if you will. You know, as, as much as hard as it was for me, uh, it was a great, they were great people. They meant well. Um, and they were, they, they were, they were doing the right things. It's just, it just wasn't for me. And yeah. I love doing pastoral type work with people. I'm just not, I just realized that, you know, I can keep my theology to, to columns and, and, you know, those kind of things. And, and I love preaching, mm-hmm. but pastoring is very different. Yes. Uh, so I did that until 2018. During that time, I was also a fire chaplain. I did that in the community. So that was very interesting work, uh, working with the community as a, as a fire chaplain. Um, I'm, I, I don't know what a fire chaplain is. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what? If if you don't know what we do, you're blessed. That means okay. we've never come to your door. Oh, thank God. Uh, it, yes. Um, no, a lot of a lot of my job was uh, death notification. Oh, um, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So tough work, but very necessary work. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Yeah. Wow. But, yeah, so that's kind of what I did there. And then when I retired, I moved to Texas. I got a job. Uh, actually, it's a very unique job. I work for a group called Vital Church. And basically what we do is we go into churches and we we help them kind of figure out the issues that are going on inside the church. Mm. Um, You know, so we we help with their, uh, you know, we look at their finances. We look at maybe deep seated uh, issues in the church or divisions and Mm. kind of get all that stuff out in the open. 
it's amazing work. I, right. I love doing it. I've been doing it now for well, I was I consulted with them for a while, you know, for free. And then they were like, hey, you want to do this for like a job? <laughs> Would you like sure. to be paid for this? <laughs> do you want to get paid? And, well, I do now. I didn't know that was an option. Wow. Like, you pay people? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Uh, so that's kind of where I am now. We're going to take a quick break and be right back to our conversation. This episode of No Normal People is brought to you by the No Normal People Coffee Blend in partnership with Revel Coffee in Billings, Montana. This bright and complex coffee will come fresh roasted to your door for you to enjoy the delicious symphony of citrus, berry, spice, and chocolate notes. Visit highline.network slash shop to enjoy a cup of coffee as normal as our podcast guests. No Normal People is supported by our generous patrons who joined us at patreon.com slash nopeoplepod. You too can join the Normal People community to gain access to our private Discord, merch store discounts, and monthly bonus episodes. If you like what you're hearing, the best way to tell us about it would be on Apple Podcasts, where you can leave us a five-star rating and a review, which helps others find the show. If you find this podcast valuable, please tell a friend about the show in person, with a text or by sharing about the show on social media. You can join us on Instagram and Twitter at NoPeoplePod. And be sure to visit our page at Highline.network, where you can sign up for our email newsletter called The Three Thought Thing. No Normal People is a proud founding member of the Highline Media Network. Here's a quick preview of a recent episode from our sister show, The Whiskey Bench. Maybe the shift was, at the founding of America, people had a good sense of self. They knew who they were. And so they came to America to be the fullest version of who they knew they were, because they had the freedom to do that. And now we're in a society where it's, you can become anything you want. And people don't know who they are. Wow. So they can't express, they can't express the fullness of who they are because they haven't, they don't know, they what, don't it is. know what that is. Hmm. Let's get back to our conversation. John, will you tell me about your history with Christianity? Like, did you, did you grow up inside the church or inside some form of, like structural Christianity? I did. So family being from Ireland, we, we were Catholic. Mm-hmm. I was kind of a, <laughs> I was a closet atheist really uh, throughout high school. Like Who I didn't wasn't? believe in any of this crazy mess. I just wanted to go to youth group because that's where the girls were. And they let you drink wine at the end of service. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. They don't do the grape juice free, like us Protestants no, do. Free alcohol. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, go through the line like six times. Good stuff in the Catholic Church. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. Get to the front of the line. um, Like, haven't I seen you like three times already for this? Yeah. (laughs) The word of the Lord. Okay. Yes. Okay. Right. The word of the Lord. That's all you got to say. They'll just give you another one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So straight, pretty much straight from childhood, you grew up. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I definitely started Catholic, but I, I, by the time I had gotten to high school, I become very disenfranchised with Christianity. Mm. The problem I was having is the audio wasn't matching the video, right? People would say things and then they would do things and they didn't match. Mm. And I was like, well, if these people don't, I mean, these people who love the Lord aren't doing it. Why on earth would I do it? Right. Right? So 
Uh, I kind of kept that to myself. I didn't really share that with anybody until I joined the Navy and kind of got away from my family. Uh, and then I started like, ah, this is all stupid. You people are crazy for, for believing in, in dumb stuff, um, <laughs> mm. that kind of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's kind of where I went. And I don't know, it's probably maybe 2007, 2008. I was having a discussion with someone about the Bible. And I said, you know what? I said, I'm going to prove to you that the Bible is false. Right, the whole thing's a sham, and then so I, I started out on that task, and three years later I was in seminary, so it did not work well. <laughs> wow! Uh, God got the yeah. zag on you. <laughs> he did. He button hooked me. Like, gotcha, uh, bud. Yeah. So I uh, so I ended up in seminary. Um, actually, I didn't. I don't think I became a professing Christian until I was about halfway through seminary when I actually realized what it really meant to you know do the work of Christ and. Mm speak about the work of Christ. Mm. So, and that kind of segues into kind of what I've done, you know, after being a, a pastor is, you know, I, I'm sick of the audio not matching the video. Yeah. I really feel led, like it's, it's my place in life to call it out when it's, when it doesn't match, which will give you a lot of not friends. <laughs> Story of my uh, life. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. They're your friends on Facebook, but they're not your friends. <laughs> not even then. Because I do a lot yeah, of that on nope. Facebook too. And they're like, Dixie, shut up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just when you get called a Democrat. And yep. like, I'm not, I'm not a Democrat. Like, do you think mm. you're insulting me? Mm. <laughs> yeah, that, okay. That's okay. Um, but yeah, so kind of what I do now with like the podcast that I do, and I have a show with another guy named Bishop Aaron Williams. We have this thing called Bishop Brothers where, uh, you know, it's a really great show where, you know, he's a black guy. I'm a white guy. We sit in the same room and we just talk about stuff. That's cool. And I I think that's so sorely needed right now, kind of where we sit politically, theologically. Mm. I mean, it is is a minefield of just craziness. And it's craziness because we have a lot of leaders in the church that just aren't stepping up. Um, Definitely. And they're saying one thing, but they're doing another. And Mm -hmm. So, you know, my podcast and everything I do is kind of kind of focused towards that and then in in getting into Celtic Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, I've kind of backed away out of evangelicalism altogether, mm. and I've kind of found my, I guess, my happy place right. in Celtic Christianity, yeah. which is which is amazing. So was was finding your happy place in Celtic Christianity, um, did that involve some exploration of your heritage being North, Northern Irish? It did. Uh, it definitely started there. So I started, uh, someone had given me a book by a guy named Ray Sampson. Uh, it's called Celtic Christianity. And mm-hmm. they were like, you know, this is, this is actually very interesting. Give it a read. And it just, I was like, wow, there's a whole, not every Christianity has to be evangelical Christianity. Like there's a whole new world out here. Yeah, absolutely. Where, uh, yes, please. You know, less evangelical. <laughs> Thank you. Please. Yeah. I just, you know, me, you know, me and the evangelical church, we've just we've agreed to see other people. Yeah. It's just, it, we've been together a while. It didn't work Love out. Love you from a distance. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Love you, but... You do your thing, just, I'm going to do you know, my thing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I, I read that book, and I just started reading books by uh, you know Tom O'Loughlin and David Cole. And mm. man, it's, it, it reignited my faith in Christ, which was very going out just because of people. And I think that happens to a lot of people where right. their fire is going out, not because they don't believe in Jesus. Um, they're just tired of dealing with the people who say they believe in Jesus. Yes. Mm. So and that's kind of where I was. I was just kind of tired. 
Um, but it reignited me and I, you know, I found a really comfortable place there. I ended up joining a group called the community of Aiden and Hilda in the mm. United States. Um, great group. They take on a, uh, kind of a quasi monastic, like I, I'm allowed to have a house and I can be married <laughs> and all that, mm. but, um, you know, we're accountable to each other. We talk about our goals or, you know, we, we disciple each other, you know, do right. all that kind of stuff. And it's, it's been really great. And you know, the, I guess the biggest thing I've taken out of all that is, you know, God is a God that just is interested in you as a person. He loves the corporate, but he loves the individual. And that's kind of what I was missing was that individual journey with Christ. Right. And, you know, I think I found that in Celtic Christianity. Wow. Wow. Um, that's great. I'm, I'm just wondering, what is like the basic fundamental like cornerstone, essentially, of Celtic Christianity? Sure. So um, it's a, and actually a lot of people think Celtic Christianity is fairly new. Mm -hmm. It's actually older than any Protestant yeah, no, faith it's, it's out there. Old. <laughs> yeah, the only ones older are Rome and Eastern Orthodox. Right. Mm -hmm. But really the, the big tenets of Celtic Christianity, like some of the big ones are, instead of looking for original sin, you look for what's called original blessing, mm. right? Instead of, instead of looking for the bad in things, you look for the good first, instead of looking for the bad. Right. That's been a game changer for me personally, is instead of constantly looking for the sinner, you know, you look for the image of God first, right? And then you deal with whatever the sin is. Um, so that's one part. The other one part is uh, it's very environmentalist in, by nature. Yeah. It carries a lot of its, it carried a lot of the old Celtic faiths into Christianity where nature was considered divine. Right. And in Christianity, nature is divine. If you look at the scriptures, this earth is a creation of God's and it just like us, right? And it, it's divine and it should be protected as such. And so that's a big tenet of, of Celtic Christianity. The biggest one, the one that really attracted me is called the, the Pregnatio Por Cristo, which is the journey with Christ. And the journey with Christ really, it boils down to, do not expect to find Christ at the end of the journey if you didn't bring him with you. Mm. Right. And right. so that is a huge wow. life changing statement to me where, you know, as an evangelical, all I was focused on was getting to Jesus at the end, getting to heaven. Mm. Right. Not realizing that I really have a responsibility, especially as clergy, to bring heaven here. Right. right. To bring Jesus here instead of, well, I'm just waiting for the train because that's what I think a lot of us do. You know, we're like, well, Jesus is coming. We'll just figure this all out. Uh, where Celtic Christianity says, well, if you didn't bring him with you, right? If Jesus is infinite, then he was there when you started. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you haven't acknowledged that, then you're really, are you really journeying with Christ? And the answer is no. Mm. You have to bring Christ with you on the journey to Christ, if that makes any sense. And I think it makes a ton of sense. What do you say to people who think that Celtic Christians literally worship nature, like worship the sun or the trees or the oceans? Yeah. And, you know, I always tell them it's fair to maybe think that from the outside mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, because we do put a lot of emphasis on nature. But I always tell them this. I say, it, the Celtic cross is the, the best example of that. Really what St. Patrick did is an amazing thing. It's an amazing evangelical tool, and I wish we'd use it today. Basically, he showed up to a pagan Ireland, right? And in this pagan Ireland, uh, they worshiped the sun. The sun was a huge deity. Uh, to the Druid and uh, other pagan Christ other pagans inside of Ireland mm -hmm. at the time of Patrick. How they worshipped is they had a circle that w was elevated by a stone pillar. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. And that was their son. That was their thing that they worshiped. What Patrick did is he came in and he said, okay, I see that you worship the sun. It is powerful. It's an amazing thing. All I'm saying is there's this God behind it that is much greater than the sun, right? Wow. But through, but it uses the sun. So it makes sense that without knowing the God behind the sun that you would worship the sun. And that's where we get our Celtic cross from. He just put a cross behind the sun. Mm. Yeah, that is it's actually beautiful. an evangelical tool. That is beautiful <laughs> right there. Yeah, that that reminds me of Paul speaking in Rome and saying, like, you've heard of this nameless God. I'm here to tell you that the nameless God is Christ. And that instead of just being one of many, he's actually the one mm-hmm. above the rest or above right. all, you know? Wow. Exactly. Thank you, St. Patrick. Yeah, absolutely. That guy, that guy killed it. Um, but... You know, and a lot of people, I do get the nature worship thing all the time. And I, I tell them, I don't worship nature. Right? Mm. I worship the God of nature. And because I love the God of nature, I want to take care of nature. Yeah. And I do care for nature. I don't worship it, but I worship the one who created it, just like you do. Wow. Yeah, that, that also rings of like uh, St. Francis of Assisi, like Brother Sun, mm-hmm. Sister Moon. Right. Wow. Right. Wow. That's beautiful. So an- another thing I've... I've learned about Celtic Christians is that they kind of helped make what are like modern Christian holidays into now. A lot of people talk yeah. about how like, like there's a lot Christmas of emphasis was, around Easter or like Christmas yeah. was the winter solstice mm-hmm. pagan celebration. Mm-hmm. Right. And right. I think some people take that and think like, good, we replaced the pagan thing with the real thing. Other people get very frustrated by that mm-hmm. and say like the Christians ruined a beautiful heritage that was happening right. somewhere else. I have a hunch that you, sure. you kind of have figured out how to like hold space for both and land somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, uh, you know, I celebrate in bulk. I celebrate Yule, but I celebrate them as a Christian, right? Like most Christians do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but here, here's how I would say that came about. So usually when people, and you're right, they take two stances on it. Either they're like, you know, Hey, we made them what they should have been. And then there's others that are like, well, we shouldn't have had them. We shouldn't have been involved with it at all. Yeah, like straight Mm -hmm. up cultural appropriation. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, But you have to remember who actually changed those from pagan to Christian holidays. So the first Christians weren't born Christians, right? Right. They were quote unquote pagans. They were they worshipped the Greek pantheon or the Roman pantheon or Mm -hmm. the Irish mythologies, right? When they became Christians, they were still culturally Greek or culturally Roman. They, it, it would be like if I go to Ireland and I'm going to live there for 20 years, July 4th still has meaning to me, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, Ireland doesn't celebrate their Independence Day on July 4th, right? Mm-hmm. But if I, if I decided to go, you know, I'm, I'm going to call it Freedom Day and I'm going to celebrate in true Irish fashion <laughs> mm-hmm. American Independence Day. Mm. That's what these pagans did with these first holidays. They took holidays they already had. Right, because they didn't want to give up their culture. Right, and they put the mask of Christianity on them, and said, "We're still going to celebrate. We're just—it's just like the sun god with Patrick." Mm-hmm. Right, you have these holidays, and they're great holidays, but you can celebrate something greater with these holidays. Right, and so I think it's wrong to not remember how these holidays originally came about. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing wrong, and it's not a secret that the church did this. Yeah, right? definitely not. <clears throat> did you know Easter originally? 
Yeah, it's in. It's on Google. We all know. Look it up. Yeah, <laughs> everybody knows. It's not a cover up. <laughs> yeah, it's clear. The Pope, no, 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 not the Pope. Come no. on. Uh, so, so yeah, there's a fine line there. I think, um, and I saw. You know, I've I've had celebrations with non Christians on these holidays, and they mm-hmm. they clearly celebrate it for a different reason. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> there's right. nothing wrong with you know loving the people around you, regardless if they choose to believe what you believe or not. There's nothing wrong with that. And I, I've done it before. I've, I've done a wedding where the wife was a Christian and the husband wa- uh, worshiped Viking God, Norse gods. Mm-hmm. And it was me and a Norse priest. And we both set our parts and the wedding was beautiful and nobody got in a fight. <laughs> uh, it was great. Wow. That's better so, yeah. than most just Christian weddings. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Right. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Oh, good Lord is right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Oh, honey. <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> oh, honey. Wow. Wow. So good. Would Would you mind talking a little bit about like Celtic Christians symbology and or even just like Celtic cultures symbology? Because I, I've, I've been very fascinated recently with things like Celtic knots, like involving mm-hmm. those in prayer beads and, and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So. Yeah, so one of the things that, and I highly recommend, uh, there's a bunch of books by David Cole about the Celtic saints and about Celtic Lent and kind of the turn, kind of the things we do different. Highly recommend those books, great books. But like some of the things that, that has worked for me is, for example, Celtic knotwork. I love Celtic knotwork. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize how much of a spiritual thing they were until you start to try to draw them. Right. Right. And so I got the basics off YouTube on how to draw one. And basically what I I incorporated it into my private uh, Vesper time, you know, my, my private worship with God, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd have some, whatever music I was listening to for the day. um, And I'd have my journal and I would get my Bible and I'd read read the scriptures and uh, I'd pray. And then I'd start working on this knot. And because you have to slow down and be in the moment to make this knot, it actually calms you. Mm-hmm. I thought it would infuriate me because I can't do it very well. <laughs> but what I found was by doing it, I was so focused on this knot that I was no longer worried about the past or the mm-hmm. future or what's going to happen tomorrow. I finally was in the moment. And that's what I think Celtic knot work really does for people, especially if they they start to try to draw it. Uh, right. It's really great. Yeah, yeah it's almost a, yeah, really great. It's like a meditation practice. Like meditation is, isn't it? new. It's something we talk about a lot no. these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But of course, right. many, many cultures have figured tools like this out for <laughs> us. Right. Absolutely. Wow. One, like a big, a big concept of Celtic Christianity is the presence of Christ. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with the, uh, it's a poem and a song. It's called uh, the St. Patrick's Breastplate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of symbolism in Celtic Christianity. Uh, And that has a lot to do with the fact that a lot of the Celts couldn't read. So symbolism was a big, that's how they learned their faith. Mm -hmm. So with the Lorica, right, the St. Patrick's breastplate, you know, the first part is Christ before me, Christ behind me, Christ above me, Christ below me, Christ beside me, Christ to my left, Christ to my right, Christ when I wake, Christ when I sleep. A lot of that repetition. And and what I found is the more I say that, the more, I don't want to say the more I believe it, but the more it is strengthened with me, the fact that, yes, Jesus is everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so the repetitiveness is a, is a huge deal. Um, and then you have your, your Celtic knotwork and your Celtic cross. Here, here's one that you may not know about. A lot of people don't. Um, have you ever heard of the wild goose? I have. This was a way of describing the Holy Spirit. Is that right? Yes. Oh, two points for Gryffindor. Look at that. Nah, Thank you. Gryffindor. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been Hufflepuff. Dixie's a Hufflepuff. Yeah, so yep. she... Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So it's it's a way of describing the Holy Spirit in the way that the Celts understood the Holy Spirit. The Celt, When the Celts thought of a dove, they thought of something docile that could be mm-hmm. kind of... <laughs> formed in the way the human wanted it like it would it would be passive mm-hmm. whereas the wild goose didn't take no crap off nobody it no, did what yeah. it wanted and they they viewed the holy spirit that way so in a lot of art you'll see wild goose as a depiction of god it will vice a dove like you see in a early roman or italian right wow they knew what was up all of that is yeah, so good to me <laughs> that's fantastic yeah it's it's fascinating but it it really just brings home to me things I, I knew in my head, right? Like I went to divinity school and, you know, I have my, I have my DBS, right? Mm. Those things that I took and like, I, I knew, but I didn't know, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Celtic Christianity kind of bridged that head to heart kind of thing for me. Right. And I was really afraid as I started to deconstruct my Christianity, my fear was I would stop being a Christian. Right. And mm. Uh, you know, I'll tell you, you know, I, I believe I'm in the reconstructive stage now. I've kind of stopped deconstructing and I've started to rebuild. Right. My love of prayer has never been stronger. My love of worship has never been stronger. My love for God has never been stronger. Mm. But I will tell you, my distaste for ignorant people has <laughs> never been stronger. So, right. you know, it was kind of a handoff, but my faith has never been stronger than it was before I deconstructed. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Yeah. But then that distaste sounds like it's translated itself into you doing the work of education, you know, like putting out these couple podcasts, Bishop Brothers and your own. um, What's the name of your podcast again? So my my podcast is called Thoughts of a Modern Celtic Wanderer. Mm. Look at that. Says it in the name right there. You did it. That's right. (laughs) We just we go on it. You know, my my thing is let's go on. Let's wander through this concept. Right. And Mm -hmm. I, I pick a concept. Uh, the last one I did was uh, on the 12 Apostles of Ireland. And if you've never read that right. mm. legend, uh, you need to get on that. There's some amazing, the 12 Apostles of Ireland, spoiler alert, none of them are St. Patrick. This is before St. Yeah. Patrick. Right. <laughs> so. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Sounds fascinating. Man, I love it. Would you, okay, so obviously we've been talking about many things that I'm sure you would call like a passion of yours, things that you think and talk mm-hmm. about forever. Would you put anything else under this like passion category? Of course, Celtic Christianity and kind of the education sure. thereof. Yeah, love for yeah. family, love for love for life and nature and all these. Yeah, I think all those things have kind of like led me into what I would consider my passion right now, and that is uh, social, for lack of a better term, social justice. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. My heart just breaks as I watch kind of what goes on. And it's not its not necessarily the things that are going on with the government. It's a government. I wouldn't expect nothing yeah. less from a government. Mm-hmm. It's when the church does it. Yes. It just breaks my heart that in this day and age that we're still doing this to people, right? And it's heartbreaking to me. My heart hurts for that. Mm-hmm. And so that has really become my passion. I mean, that that's the impetus of Bishop Brothers. You know, and right now I'm writing a book well, not to give too much away, but it talks about how the Irish in America gave up their greenness for whiteness. Mm. Wow. And the more Whoa. I study it, the more I realize 
you know, the biggest discovery I made about, you know, white supremacy and those kinds of things is it's not a color, <laughs> you know, um, white people can be affected by white supremacy mm. negatively. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Um, but we, but we'll still allow it to happen because we're still in the majority, right? We don't right. want to fall into the minority. Um, but that has probably become my driving passion now is having a heart for people who, you know, and I get this all the time. They're like, well, you know, all those people are just telling you that you got treated, but you know, you didn't have it hard because you were white. And I'm like, well, that's not what they're saying. Uh, <laughs> number one, you said those people. We need to have a talk about that. Step uh, one. What do you right. mean those that. people? Yeah. <laughs> what are you saying? Um, so let's start there. Let's start with um, all the things you said wrong in that sentence. And that was exactly. the first thing. <laughs> that is horrific that you would even yeah. say that. Mm. So that that's problem number one. Problem number two is no no black person has ever made me feel bad about being white. Right. I've never felt that way. And I, I do a show with, with my best friend, right. Mm -hmm. Or my, my second best friend, Brian's still number one. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, Brian. You know, yeah. you know, he's still so big shout outs to Brian, Brian and but, the Bishop know, brother. Brian that's crying. right. I sit, I sit here with my good friend and I've never felt that way. Right. Why can't we just acknowledge? Yes. I had a hard life coming up, mm -hmm. but I didn't have a hard life coming up because I was white. Right. There were other issues that made my life hard. Right. The cultural so, implications of exactly. being a different race. Like, exactly. doesn't exclude exactly. you from hardships. Right. Like, right. it is still possible for a white person to have hard things happen to them. Mm -hmm. yeah, but it's absolutely. not because they are white. Right. There wasn't this, this preconceived notion that I was going to be in a certain place because of what right. I look like. Mm. So, you know, trying to get that message out there and trying to push it, I try to do it in a loving way, but I don't know if you, I don't know if you've seen how I get into it in Twitter with like Prager and some <laughs> of these other places, but sometimes, you know, I'm Irish and I'm a sailor. I don't have a lot of patience. Um, so sometimes I say mean things and I know a bishop shouldn't do that. And I know nah, it, do it. quite, quite frankly, Scarlett, I don't give a damn. Um, <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. This, it, it is you. what it is. And that's just how it's going to be. Yep. And I, I'm not, there's a lot of things I can tolerate, but I, to see an entire group of people go through what they've gone through and to still act like it didn't happen or it's right. not happening. Um, you know, I've reached the end of my rope with that. And so that, that's my heart now. My heart is that. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. That is beautiful. I love that. I love everything about it. Do you like to practice any hobbies to kill time is a weird word for it. Also, hobbies is a weird <laughs> word for it, you know, as if like you didn't care about what you were doing. But yeah, what do sure. you what do you occupy time with and do for fun? All right. So it's it's going to come out. I'm just going to tell everybody we're just going to come clean on it. Do you um, have a DMX cover band? Games. Oh, video I, games. I wish. <laughs> cover Man, band. I wish. Wow. What the call? We're, we're going to have to karaoke sometime. I'll, I'll get you. I'll get. Yeah. Right. So Man. good. Okay, so your thing is video games. Yeah, it's okay, one video vi game in particular. Which one? Tell me. <laughs> what is it? it Ghost me. Recon Breakpoint. What? That's my that's my jam. Right on. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I, don't I love it. Games. I play Stardew Valley yeah, well, and uh, Let's Go. Pokemon. Oh, my daughter plays that. Oh, okay, cool. that, that sounded like it was a cut down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm was 29. So. I play Star. <laughs> Is it the two-year-old that plays it? No, uh, yeah, we are. No irony. We does. are very into Stardew Valley. Oh, man. It's hey, it's a problem. Hey, you know what? Love what you do. I love it. I'm so good. I, I love cheat at game. that game 
so hard. Yeah, it's oh, it's oh yeah, you go hard in the oh, paint. Okay, yeah. All I'm right. like, if I'm gonna play Let's this see. game, I'm gonna win it. I'm gonna win the game. <laughs> right. And they put cheats in it, so I'm gonna use them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's hurtful. If, I mean, if you're gonna put it in there, make it harder to cheat. Right. That's all I'm saying. It's not cheat. It's not cheating if it's part of the game. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I just figured out the code. Ooh. Anyway. This is good. Video so, games are good. Video games. One specific video game for John. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Most excellent. I have to imagine between like uh, two podcasts and being a father of five and a husband and all that. Like, it's not like <laughs> it's not like you're in your basement playing video games like hours and hours a day. Oh, no. At all. I got to sneak it in, man. Like... <laughs> He's playing right it's now. Like, it's a little respite for you. <laughs> don't, don't ju- He's recording it. Dixie, playing. what did we just talk about when we started? Don't get judgy, okay? <laughs> hey, me too. We just talked about I'm this. I'm playing started right All now. Right. What are you talking about? Wow. No judgment. Hey, I'm not judging. Handheld. Let's I love go. that. I love yeah, that. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, do you like to follow any particular morning or evening routines? I do. These routines are relatively new to me. I've probably been doing them for maybe two years now. Hmm. Um, but man, they... They do a lot for you, at least for me. Uh, usually my morning routine, so I work from home. I'm very fortunate to have a job where I just walk upstairs. You now the morning commute's terrible. I got to go up like 12 <laughs> stairs. It's <Right>. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I have to drive uh, 10 minutes to get a cup of coffee. And it makes me 20 yep, minutes late for work. Coffee. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I can't blame that. So, uh, yeah, so I work from home. Is it's But the beauty of it is, you know, I can, you know, supposed to be on my stuff at nine. So I usually come up here about eight. You know, I have a, like right now I'm going through uh, Philippians uh, mm-hmm. in nice. scripture mm. and I'll, I'll take, you know, three or four verses. So I'll start, I start with some meditation time. Uh, I take about a minute of just quiet. Um, what I've found is, especially early on, it's really difficult for me to get to a minute without saying something. <laughs> like it was uncomfortable. <laughs> mm. But I, I found the more I shut my mouth and kind of let God talk to me for a minute, I think I, I hear things more clearly or, or, or understand things more clearly when when I give him some time to talk. Mm. <laughs> yeah, right. This is one thing about cuts of Christianity, too, is prayer is a two-way street. It's not just you giving a laundry list of things you need done. Right. Um, God, God's not a lottery ticket or Santa Claus, right? Like, mm. yeah. there, there are things he wants to communicate with you, too. Um, so I'll take that first minute, complete silence. Uh, then I'll read my verses. Um, I'll write down, you know, if I, I'll jot down any thoughts I have about those verses. Uh, and then I, I do the lorica of St. Patrick, Christ before me, Christ behind me, mm. Christ above me, Christ below me. You know, and it takes about 30 minutes. And when I'm done, it feels great, man. I'm, mm. I'm ready to take on the day. Wow. That's great. I love Choosing that. Choosing to be quiet is the hardest thing for me. Oh, <laughs> I'm oh, constant. I like have constant vocal stimulation. I'm always <laughs> doing something. <laughs> <laughs> what about any evening routines? Do you have anything specific to wind down? Um, I like to play Ghost Recon. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good uh, one. Right so here, here's one that it drives my wife crazy that I do this. So uh, this I, I don't know if it, I don't consider it advice, but I guess some people would uh, would consider it advice. I like to sit down. I like to have my two fingers of Johnny Walker Blue Label. Nice. And I listen to this podcast called Small Town Murder. What? <laughs> yeah. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Love, you yeah. are full of surprises, my friend. <laughs> this is I great. I don't get the hype around like murder shows and like true crime. <gasps> mm. Like, oh, I love man. it. Mm. I don't even. 
okay, so this show, I'm, I don't put a huge plug for someone else's show, but it's just a great show and it it's a comedy show oh, okay. about murder. Oh, and so, yeah. I, I don't know. Some people think I'm, you know, it's wrong to do that. I don't know. It's funny to me. I love it. So, I don't, uh, I don't, yeah, so I, I don't think it's evenings. wrong. It's just like the, the, the thing that stuck with me the most, someone said to me, like, if you've thought it, someone's done it. So listening to stuff mm. like that, it's like, someone's done that oh like even if it's someone fiction did, you someone mean? did that yeah <laughs> like that's yeah. happened that's i don't know when it happened but it happened <laughs> well so so this show that these are actual murders that happen no. yeah right these things actually happen they don't <laughs> they go out of their way not to make fun of you know like the murder victim right but they they rag on the police forces because these are all small towns right so right. the police forces the people yeah. around it <laughs> uh they do reviews of the town and they they do yelp reviews like they read them out it's oh. awesome <laughs> John, do you and the family have any pets? We do. We Ooh. have we have a treeing walker coonhound named Dottie. Wow. And Dottie. she is I love her to death. She's the worst hound ever. <laughs> That's um, the best though. When they're yeah, bad that, at no, being I love her what to death. they are. She's so bad at being a hunting dog. It's terrible. <laughs> right. She, she's she's terrified of squirrels. She's terrified of raccoons. Oh, like, man. I mean, you got your name. From from taking this raccoon and putting it in a tree so someone could shoot it and it looks at you and you run. Yeah. Like, oh, honey. <laughs> oh, those honey. are those are the best oh. dogs. The ones that just aren't great good dog. at being they're the thing that dog. they're supposed to be. Yeah, they just yeah. like being loved by a family. <laughs> you think you're exactly. a duck or something? Oh, that's so good. Yeah. No, this, this one clearly thinks it's a human. It sleeps on my <laughs> side of the it bed. It is the baby right. all the time. Man, is. Dottie is baby. Well, John, with our time uh, kind of winding to a close here, I'm curious to ask a few closing questions, kind of checking in on what you're currently consuming. This is my favorite way to close the show. Yeah. So we'll start with what are you currently reading? Okay. Um, I'm actually reading a book called, uh, I can't remember who the author is. It's, I love Jesus, but I want to die. And it's about (laughs) mental health in the church. Oh, I want to read that. (laughs) I love Jesus, but I want to die. I think I've said Uh, that. Yeah, yeah, we're actually so yeah, we're actually that's our next uh, Bishop Brothers. We're actually doing a review on that, and oh, it's awesome. man, it's a powerful book because I really do believe that the church has just failed when it comes to mental health, Definitely. and this this book just proves it. Um, so, really great book. I've been reading a lot of Doctor Cone, uh, Crossing the Lynching Tree, mm. um, Black Black Theology of Liberation. Right. Um, so, I kind of been reading those, and uh, I just finished a book called How the Irish Became White. Really mm. great book. Highly recommend it. Very unpopular, which means it definitely needs to be in my library. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's wow. kind of what I'm reading right now. That's awesome. good. That's quite the stack there. Um, what are you currently watching? Are you in the middle of any shows or like YouTubes that you're really into right now? Ooh. Yeah. So um, my wife made me like watch X-Files from the beginning. Yes. There you go. I love and your so we're wife. like on season go. two. <laughs> yeah. Go Jamie. She's all about the next files <laughs> Right? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, we're watching that, and we're finishing Big Bang. We never watched it oh, when it yeah. was on, mm-hmm. and we're in the, we're in like the second to last season now. It, it's a good show. People I, keep telling okay. me to watch that, and I don't. I just haven't been able to get into it. It hasn't hooked us. Yeah. No. Yeah. We'll it's got its own brand of humor. Yeah. Like it's it's pretty narrow. I think. I don't know it's why it stayed on for so long with such a narrow. Yeah. Right. It's like yeah. it's like they it, it's like sitcom humor, but like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like they tried to do uh, not Urkel. It's like they tried to do Urkel, but white. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. 
and no, I, I, just, can see that. I can't yeah. get into it. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I can get that. <laughs> yeah, I see that. What are you currently uh listening to? Let's start with podcasts you're into. Podcasts. So um Small Town Murder. Uh that's uh, that's my jam. It's been my jam for about a year now. Mm-hmm. I started it in the pandemic and you know, I'll probably just listen to it forever. Not not to selfishly plug you guys, but Ravel has been really really interesting. Yeah, I'm really glad I found you guys and and found that. Just so that's really, really good. They're gonna have a really cool guest host. Yeah, we're um, in on the guest ooh, host territory really now. I'm not gonna yeah. say who. Ooh, it okay, is, let's but, get it. Uh, <laughs> all right. no, 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 don't tell me. Don't tell me. I want to be surprised. Right. Um, uh, I'm also I'm also really big in the Bible for normal people. Oh yeah. Um, mm. Pete Ends, yeah, Jared, I love Bias. Jared Bias, and, and Pete Ends. They, man, they they have walked me, and I don't even know these people, but <laughs> I feel like they've walked me hand in hand through deconstruction mm. uh, between them and uh, Rachel Held Evans. I mean, oh yeah, mm, yeah, wow, definitely. <laughs> they I had a huge impact on my life. That's a that's a that's a definite conflict with uh, podcasting. Like you know them so well. <laughs> yeah. So if you were ever to meet them, that, you'd be like, "How's your dog?" That parasocial <laughs> right. relationship. Like, how'd you know? <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh man, Donnie, how'd you know? How, how did you know? know? <laughs> <laughs> so good. What about music? What comes up right now when you open like a streaming service like Spotify or DMX. Apple Music? <laughs> <laughs> so there are two. There are two playlists. Anytime I hit play on it, it'll do one of two things, and they are like extremely broad. Mm. Uh, but the first one is '90s rap. Yes, it um, is. Yeah. So That's you know, like right. Wu Tang, DMX, yep. um, you know, Ghetto Boys, you know, those, oh, that kind man. of stuff. And a funny story about that. One time I just, I was coming home, I was going from, from Navy work to church work and I had my windows down. It was, you know, it's a summer day in Washington, 70 degrees, beautiful. And I'm listening to, to Wu-Tang Clan, cash rules, oh, everything around me, man. right? I pull into the pastor's spot and I'm sitting there like looking at through my phone before I go in and I look up and I realize all my windows are down Oh no! and all these church people can hear what I'm listening to. And I'm like, well, it's, cat's out of the bag. I'm not got, turning it off now. It got stuck on that station. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. It's really I can't weird. turn it down. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was crazy. Oh, um, so yeah, so it'll go there, or it'll do what I call my Irish Rebel music, which is like a lot of old Irish pub songs. Mm, like uh, that's good. The Foggy Do, <gasps> the Parting Glass. Yeah, there you, you know, go. Th- that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's great. John, thank you so much for being on our show. Will you tell everyone listening where they can find you online among websites and podcasts and socials and all that? Absolutely. So I have a, so a good starting point is I have a website, johng.info, J-O-H-N-G-E-E.info. Uh, that'll get you to um, the podcast, Bishop Brothers, uh, the book, uh, Celtic Christianity. I have a lot of resources on there for people who are kind of wandering through and and interested in that um doing a podcast thoughts of a modern celtic wanderer we do one every week uh with that and also do a facebook live show and youtube live uh called bishop brothers with aaron williams it's every tuesday uh 7 p.m central time it's a live show which can be interesting with the comments but <laughs> that's okay yeah infamous comment want- sections i can join and moderate <laughs> that's right yeah you. get on in there run them off so, <laughs> actually go. let them in they look really dumb when they say things yeah so it's fine. no i actually um, for that. but yeah so yeah bishop <laughs> brothers thoughts of a modern celtic wanderer 
Uh, I wrote a book with Aaron Williams called Unlikely Likely. You can see that on this, the website. And then I wrote a theology book of my own, uh, Digit Trekul, which in Irish means timeless theology, just kind of a rundown of, of Celtic cool. theology in the modern era. And, you know, that's, that's kind of where you can find me. Uh, that's a good starting point. Wow. Fantastic. Awesome. Love it. Links to all that will be in the show notes, along with all the books we've already mentioned mm-hmm. throughout the show. Now, all 7, that good stuff. of them. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, once again, John, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, Will you close us out by reading our favorite quote for the podcast? Well, the only normal people you know are the ones you don't know very well. Comma. However, comma. (laughs) However. (laughs) However, comma. Yeah. Oh, you're Gosh. pushing it. You're pushing it. That's, that's oh, you're pushing it. That's great. Oh my gosh. You that was a know, great reach back. Wow. You know that the music comma. is actively fading yeah. up on the outro right now. All this stays in. This is so good. Oh yeah. yeah However, yeah. comma. Thank you for joining us. You can follow the Hennings on Instagram and Twitter at Stephen G Henning and at Dixie Lee Henning. Our theme music is composed and performed by Stephen and Dixie Henning and was recorded, mixed, and mastered by Austin Smith. Our artwork is designed by Dixie Lee Henning. Find more of her work at DixieLeeDraws.com, at DixieLeeDraws on both Instagram and TikTok, and at DrawsDixie on Twitter. Welcome to the Whiskey Bench, where every week we discuss our modern world over a fresh cocktail. We start with three ounces of a favorite philosopher. Take your pick of Hobbes, Locke, or Rousseau. Next, we pour in a shot of modern discourse like Second Amendment policy or renewable energy. Sweeten with a dash of lighthearted conversation about salsa cereal or the private space industry. Shake with ice and strain with ideas about modern art or raw milk regulation. Garnish with intellectual humility and moderate optimism. Cheers. Highline Media Network. Normal people in normal places.